0: Welcome to another Macquarie Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. Get real serious now, so you're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's some response. All right. So we're continuing on faith, and um, so let's just first start on what I thought faith was as a kid and a teenager, because I think it's important sometimes to just work out what we think faith is. And when I was young, I used to think faith in this things of strength and courage and bravery you know those are the things when faith is important so um, i don't know what you guys are like in your thought processes but um as a kid in a country there was war and a bit of um, danger towards Christians. My first thing of faith was always thinking, what would happen when someone walks in with a gun to my head and tells me to renounce Jesus? That's what an eight-year-old or a seven-year-old would think. That's what I was thinking, and that's where you go. I want the faith to be able to stand and say, you know what? Uh, shoot me. And so that's what I thought. You know, so I was like, that's all, you've got to be brave. And we always, all my mates at school would, um, at church, sorry, we would talk about this. Like, what would we do when they come into our church to try and um, hurt us or kill us? Would we? renounce or would we stay strong or i thought faith was also you know standing in the middle of a crowd a big crowd and just preaching and that's faith because you know you've got bravery and courage to stand and pray and preach i also thought standing on a platform healing people speaking prophetically and preaching to many people was the sign of strong faith and so these were my perceptions of faith as a kid and as a teenager. So when my thought was when I'm in a situation and I ask God for his courage, faith, and strength, that it would just come and then I could just do this no matter what. And so I thought flake, faith clicks on whenever I feel like it. Here's the problem. With this thought process, I, would, I went through as a teenager lots of highs and lows. Yeah, I went through a lot of disappointment and a lot of questioning about my life, and it also opened the door to taking on hurt and disappointment and dis- discouragement. So tonight, I want to talk to you guys and share to you about faith through failure. I'm just going to talk about my failures and talk about what I've learned and what, how I've what faith is for me and what, how God wants us to use faith in a long journey and a longevity so we don't have highs and lows. But before we talk about my failures, uh, it's always better to talk about someone else's failures. So Brooke, now, <laughs> um, We're gonna first look at the Bible. And I tell you what, I love the bible but i'm happy i'm not in the bible because everyone was exposed and we read it for generations and generations are reading all the failures of the great people and i just want to quickly look at some of the failures in the bible of men of faith and i'm going to talk about myself and we're going to look into that everyone knows king david he committed adultery with Bathsheba and he also commissioned for her husband to be killed one of his great warriors he got him killed Jonah was God's prophet, and he willfully disobeyed God. Yet God graciously gave him another opportunity. And still at the end of seeing people move, he was still very grumpy about it. Abraham, a liar and a coward. There was an occasion in his life when when fear came into him that caused him to lie. And you can read about that in Genesis 20. Jacob was a cheat, Noah got drunk, Moses was a murderer, Peter was a failure, he denied Christ three times and we look at that and we stop there and go, oh it was him, but the rest of the disciples also ran away. We look at all these great men when I was a kid and we look at how courage they stood for faith, but yet there was failures. Which makes it great because when i'm talking about my failures i don't feel as bad now so it makes me feel a bit easier to talk now i'm not going to share with all my failures i would love to but there's not enough time between now and christmas for me to get the list out of everything that i failed at so i'm just going to share on just a few um and there's many more you're more than welcome to come and talk to me about it but i will ask you about your failures so one of the um, things and failure is through the perception of me not others when i'm looking at my life of, of what failures are i look through the perception of what i'm going through and it's the same with us like what we think failure is for me i had pastors um, throughout being young till you know in my teenage years who would come up to me and say hey god's told me to be a father figure for your life and i'm gonna and i want to be a father to you and i'd be like oh wow that's great not only to then have them actually not follow through which brings on a feeling of I'm not good enough to be fathered, which brings on, um, you know, the disappointment of a father, and then disappointment in God, who was supposed to be the father as well. So that was one of the things where I felt failure in. Uh, In work, I had a lot of people not pay me a fair bit of money, which made it hard for us to live. And financially, we went through some struggling times. And in that time, I was like, God, I, I'm serving in youth. I'm running young adults. I'm at church every week. I'm doing youth alive. God, I'm serving wherever I can. And I'm ready, like, planning to leave the country. But yet, how come I'm in this? Am I a failure in this? Or why am I failing in my finances? And I kept going in the highs and lows. Another time, Brooke and I, when we were youth pastors, we ran a youth camp, love live youth camp. Um, at youth camp it was just an amazing time and i just remember that saturday night god just moved crazily um like kids just did not want to leave the room and um you know we went back to our room that night and we were like it was so high just going i can't wait for tomorrow it's going to be amazing and at that same time brooke turns to me and goes i feel there's something wrong and i was like okay well, let's just pray and just get to sleep because tomorrow's a big day um we woke up that morning Brooke's like, something's happening. She goes, I feel like I'm having a miscarriage. And at that moment, we knew that we were having a kid, but we didn't know that was going to happen just before camp. So we were thinking this massive high, and then I'm like, we've got to get through today at least. And um, Brooke had to preach. So Brooke was preaching to our young kids, speaking life while life was leaving. Get through this point, then the other ones are easy. (laughs) But um, we knew we had to get through it, and we knew we had to get our leaders and our kids home to their families, and we're hugging them, cheering them on with this joy that we're trying to have. But deep down we know we're about to go into some hard grief, feeling the failure, feeling the disappointment and then not only that then a few years ago we sold everything to go to Sri Lanka to plant a church it was the hardest two years of our lives i reckon probably the hardest it was definitely hardest of mine out of everything Uh, at the end in the in the midst of it we felt like we had failed the church which is our church here we felt like we'd failed god maybe we just got everything wrong and we are not good enough to actually even be leaders let alone pastors and so let's just go back to what we know just work and just do the simple stuff that's how we were feeling right then i felt like peter had when he fled and he went back to fishing that we can just go i'm done but there was one thing god said to me before we sold our house and that was give everything to me No matter where you are or even if you come back, you will not come back to the same place. Now in my ego when I got that, I read it as I thought God meant that I would be blessed and successful for leaving everything to serve Him. That I would come back to Australia bigger and better than everyone else. That is not the case. God put me in a crushing moment. So, my lessons of faith through failure. Here we go. William Barclay says, It is not until a man finds his faith opposed and attacked that he really begins to think out the implications of that faith. It is not until the church is confronted with some dangerous heresy that she begins to realize the riches and wonders of orthodoxy. My first thing I had to learn was endurance and patience. Colossians 1.11 says, Being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience you see our lives please god when they are characterized by endurance and patience and we have to learn this so sometimes circumstances that we all go through are always less than friendly anyone had circumstances that aren't just perfect yeah at those times we need endurance the ability to pass through any experience and trust that God will see us through it. We need endurance. Other times, people are less than friendly. I don't know if you ever accounted anyone that's not friendly, Um, but I have. Um, At those times, we need patience, and patience is a capacity to be long-suffering with people and not retaliate when we are wronged or irritated. Staying steadfast through circumstances and being patient with people is tough. It's often beyond our ability we crack it the good news is that we are not left alone with our, with only our resources to meet this challenge Paul reminds us in that scripture that it's God's power is available we can get God's pl- pl- any, uh, we can please God with endurance and patience as they are strengthened with all power according to his glorious might It is fine for us to ask God for strength, and God will do it. Sometimes it's immediate that we get this strength moment that we can go through with endurance, and other times it's gradual. And I say most times for me it's gradual. It's the same way when we go to the gym daily and we are being strengthened over time. As we surrender ourselves to God, in trust and obedience will be strengthened to do his will and it's a continuous of surrendering to god so the first thing is what is it endurance and patience yep good feedback (laughs) the next thing i had to learn was learn to be content philippians 4 1 says i am not saying this uh 11 sorry i'm not saying this because i am in need for i have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. Paul here is clearly not saying that he needs any more money. He doesn't want people to give, but he is saying that he has solved his problems. It's not that he has all the resources, but that he has a new attitude. He is content no matter what he has, whether he has or he has not. So what is this contentment? I looked at it and this is it. It is a term apparently taken over from Stoic philosophers describing an inner spirit of freedom and discipline. The ability to conquer circumstances and situations rather than to be conquered by them. Such an attitude is the exact opposite of worry and anxiety. And that is what we're trying to get to. Continuing on in Philippians 4 13, it says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Um, another guy, Vernon McGee, writes, Whatever Christ has for you to do, he will supply the power. Whatever gifts He gives you, He will give you the power to exercise that gift. A gift is a manifestation, there it is, of the Spirit of God in the life of the believer. As long as you function in Christ, you will have power. He certainly does not give you um, unlimited power to do anything you want. Rather, He will give you an enablement to do all things in context of His will for you. The Christian life is not only difficult, it is impossible unless we acquire the power to live it through Christ. To be sure this truth does not come naturally to us, but be learned. Contentment comes not from physical circumstances. So we cannot ever be content physically, but from only relying on divine strength. So those are the three things I learned. And through those are the realization of what faith is for me and faith is not for me to kill goliath faith bring me brings me to contentment and peace to know that god will kill the giant faith grows my joy and peace in every circumstance and situation knowing god will bring us through it faith brings us to contentment that whether we have plenty or we have nothing god provides enough Faith takes my failures and it produces fruit. So when, fa- uh, when fruit is pressed and put under pressure, what comes out of it? If you squeeze a mango, you get mango juice. If you squeeze an apple, you get apple juice. It's the same way with faith. Faith under pressure re- reveals what's inside of us. When we are squeezed, what comes out of us? If you squeeze an apple and you get orange juice, you're not going to be happy. In the same way, when God is putting us under pressure, he's revealing what's inside of us. Is there love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control, faithfulness? He's putting the pressure, what I've learned, in situations to see what comes out. Now, he's not judging you on what comes out, but he wants you to start to realize what's coming out in these moments that we have to work with. Here's a good thing, and we're going to finish up shortly. God has a solution to every circumstance and situation. If he sent his son to die on the cross as the solution to redeem our lives, he definitely has the solution for everything we are going through. That is the confidence we can have. If he sent his son to redeem us, there is nothing that God cannot do in your situation, in your circumstance. So right now, I'm going to go over four areas that's helped me and to work on. Um, and I want you to look into you when I go through these four areas. So later on, I want to have a response. And I want you to just start going what's the pressure what's squeezing what's coming out where do i need to work what is what god where do you need me to grow because it is about the pressure and letting the fruits come up is that all right so i want you just to really just look at the three the four different things and just let it soak in and let the holy spirit speak with you right now the first one is be committed to being real when you realize when you release everything internally God can restore you from the inside, but you've got to get real with God. You've got to just get on your knees and get real with God and have the real conversations, and even with people. And when you release everything, it needs to be replaced with God and His promises. We don't just release everything and then walk away. We need to let God speak back into us, His promises, and His through i did this when i was um around 20 when i was suicidal and i ended up having to go to um pastor bruce robertson and he just said you need to come to the cross you need to come to this um meeting and i went there and that's where i just let everything out i just let it all go i just said i don't care anymore what people think i'm just gonna let god do what god has to do and what they did was not only just It's not just an altar call where you go, whatever, God, and then walk away. It was then God needs to put something, the promises, back into your life. And some of us need to have promises put back in. Some of us have to have God's word back into our lives because only in that is there confidence to move. The second one is find your strength in God through disappointment and hurt. Prayer and the Bible. You hear the most simplest thing, but it is that simple we need to pray we need to get on our knees we need to have time with god we need to read the bible because the bible shows us how good god is how big god is and in every situation he is there with us and he is for us but we can't understand god until we start to read the word and get around him you see a crowd that crowns you makes you feel all good can crucify you they went for, with jesus they went from hosanna to crucify people will hurt us but god will not we recover through god but the biggest thing is like david we fight on our knees he was a worshiper before a warrior he always went to god first and the third thing is seek god for every circumstance so it's not just about what you need but, or what God wants, but it's how God wants you to do it. Because sometimes we just think we know the best way for God to do something in our lives, but actually God's just going, no, I need you to just be still and let me show you how to do this. And in that, there's this contentment and peace. And in seeking God, just don't give up seeking God. And don't compromise seeking God. Make him the priority each day that you will prioritize God, that you will seek him with all the heart. And the last thing I want to say is, put others' needs first. The Bible tells us to love God and love people. God calls us to put others' needs first. When we see others, it is about that heart of seeing what God wants for them. Even in my situation, even if I'm struggling, it's God, I want to put others before me. Because in that, God grows my strength. God grows my faith. And I just know God is with me no matter where, what, what I'm going through or what's happening in my life. Is that all right? So as the band comes back up, I just want to read to you Matthew five thirteen fourteen. 14. This is why it's important for these um, areas to be a part of your life. Not just, um, it's just not just something to do because I, I want you guys to do it this is why it's important and why i find it important because the bible says we are the salt of the earth and it says we are the light of the world your friends don't read the bible but they will read you your neighbors may not see the church or god but they will see you and your family you are the salt and you are the light of this earth it is so important that we understand why we need god in the center of every situation and circumstance whether we're failing and feel like failures or whether we're winning faith is being more confident each day of who god is in your life we continue to grow in our godly confidence the more time we spend with god the more confidence we have in him We stop living through the eyes of our emotions and our circumstances and start to live through the eyes of God, His grace, His love, and His hope, and His promises not only for you, but for your family and others. The last thing is, Romans 12 says, 12.2 says, Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of their mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, perfect will. The actual word there for world is aeon, or aeon, which says age. So the actual verse actually says, do not be conformed to this age. And the word age here carries with it a sense of the world's beliefs, philosophies, methodologies, and strategies of the fallen world which you live in. What he's trying to say is, don't let the world squeeze you into its mold but rather let God continually transform you so you see through His eyes. Because that's what happens, the world wants to squeeze and it wants to push and ooze out what is not healthy, what is not right, because we live in a fallen world. But God says in that time, if you seek me and put me first, I'm gonna, under that pressure comes up my fruit. The world will see salt and light. It will see joy and peace and hope and the more it squeezes and the more it squeezes more of it will come out and that is what we are called to be and that is what faith is just having that contentment to just stay in god to not worry and just let god be the center whether it's feeling like failure or victory so right now we're going to sing a song and i want this song to be a prophetic declaration Now, in those four areas, you might feel like you need to just get with God. And what I want to do is I want to open up this altar, open up the front of the stage because I want God to speak into you. I want you to have a moment, no matter what the um, situation is, that the Holy Spirit can just breathe new life and just like, for Brooke and me, we went through situations and the only place we could find peace, the only place that we could find center again was to just fall back on our knees and let God breathe freshness into us. So I want you, this is the church of grace. There's no one judging because we're all struggling. We're all growing. There's no certificate for faith. Once you climb the ladder, you don't get a 10 star certificate saying how good you are. There's nothing there. At the end of our life, the only thing that's going to be there is well done, good and faithful. Well done for running. Well done for being under pressure. Well done for oozing out my joy and my love and my hope. Well done for running hard when it was tough. Well done. And that's what this church is. We just want you to run your race. We want you to finish strong.